Welcome to Sunday Life. This episode is entitled, Heaven and Earth Will Pass Away. We're going to see how will heaven and earth pass, or how will heaven and earth be destroyed, or will it be destroyed? This is our first episode of the new year. There's always New Year's resolutions. We all make them try to do something different in the coming year, try to you know, lose weight and, you know, do something that is some type of improvement. But do we make any resolutions in our spiritual improvement in strengthening our relationship with Jesus or make a resolution in prayer or reading the Bible or serving others, sharing with others? But what does New Year actually represent? What did we celebrate on New Year's Day? It's 2024. But 2,024 years since what? 2,024 years since the birth of Christ and the, the kingdom of God came into the world. But Jesus was the king that the Jews were waiting for, and he brought his kingdom with him. But they rejected him and his kingdom. So what did God do? He ended the covenant with the Jews, and he initiated a new covenant with those who accepted God's king and his kingdom. Even atheists, agnostics, and Satan worshipers celebrate the establishment of the kingdom of God and his king Jesus 2,024 years ago. People really miss the fact that New Year's Day is a Christian celebration. All these people who say they don't believe in God actually don't realize that they're celebrating the kingdom of God coming into the world. Now, Matthew 24 and in Luke 21 and Mark 13, which we've been looking at over the past several episodes, we saw that the judgment came upon Jerusalem in 70 A.D. I'm firmly uh, convinced and convicted of that fact. Now, this closed or it fulfilled the Mosaic Covenant and instituted God's new covenant. And we see this new covenant in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. As we read, it says, Look, the days are coming. This is the declaration of the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. This one will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, which was the Mosaic covenant. My covenant that they broke, even though I am their master, the Lord's declaration. Instead, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. The Lord's declaration. I will put my teaching within them and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will one teach his neighbor or his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they will know me from the least to the greatest of them. This is the Lord's declaration. Now, knowing God from the least to the greatest of them 
at this time with this new covenant is through the Spirit. Don't we? Everyone knows who the Lord is through the Spirit of God. There is teaching, teaching in in our doctrines, in our theology, but no one has to teach who the Lord is, for they we will know Him. And it concludes here in Jeremiah: For I will forgive their inequity, and never again remember their sin. So Matthew twenty-four, Mark thirteen, Luke twenty-one. Mark the transition from the old to the new. The warning of deceivers and false messiahs that we saw in these chapters of wars and rumors of wars, of famines, of pestilence and earthquakes, the destruction of Jerusalem, that was the great tribulation that they spoke of and also the Apostle John spoke of in the book of Revelation. Now, why was the Mosaic Covenant ending? Because its purpose was complete. The Mosaic Covenant, the law, was meant to show the Jews that they couldn't keep it. The law was meant to lead them to receiving the Messiah so they could be reconciled with God. The rejection of Jesus finished the purpose of the Mosaic Covenant. The Mosaic Covenant was meant to lead them to fulfilling the promise that God had made to Abraham. Now, what did God promise Abraham? We see this promise in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Now, how would the Mosaic law be fulfilled and fulfill these promises? Since the Jews couldn't keep the law, they were enslaved to sin because they broke the law. This brought them under the curses that they agreed in Deuteronomy 27 to keep. We went over that in previous episodes in Deuteronomy chapter 27. They receive blessings if they keep the law and curses if they don't keep the law. They didn't keep the law from the first day it was given to them. So this would require judgment upon them for breaking the Mosaic law, these curses. So God sent his servant, his son, who was a Jew by birth and from the tribe of Judah, and from the family of David, to be the one that the curse of the law would fall upon. Therefore, he became the Israel of God, and with his death, he ended the power of evil over the elect of God, that having the punishment for their sin exhausted on himself. So everything that was supposed to fall upon the Jews and Israel fell upon Christ for their sin and their judgment. Therefore, all who have faith in the salvation that is brought by the Son's sacrifice are the children of Abraham. They're children of faith. In Galatians 3, verses 6 through 14, Paul writes, Just like Abraham, who believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness, which we see in Genesis chapter 15, Paul is quoting from there. 
You know then that those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons and daughters. Now, the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaimed the gospel ahead of time to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed through you, which we read just now in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. Consequently, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham who had faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under the curse, which we just saw. Israel relied on the Mosaic law. They were therefore under the curse because they broke the law. And it is written, everyone who does not do everything written in the book of the law is cursed. Deuteronomy 27. Paul is quoting from there. Verse 11. Now, it is clear that no one is justified before God by the law. No one, not Jew, not Gentile. No one is justified before God by keeping the law, because we all break the law. Because the righteous will live by faith. That comes from the prophet Habakkuk. But the law is not based on faith. Instead, the one who does these things will live by them. In Leviticus, but no one does them. No one can keep the law, so no one can live by them. Verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, because it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Also, Paul is quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 21. The purpose was that the blessing of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles by Christ Jesus so that we could receive the promised spirit through faith. That spirit that we talked about, that everyone will know who he is, we receive that in the new covenant because Christ became the curse for us and received our punishment. So we see that with the resurrection of Christ, death was defeated and the new covenant began. And the kingdom of God was established in heaven and earth. The old heaven and the old earth passed away with the old covenant. And with the new covenant that Christ was bringing in, we have a new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven and the old earth, in that sense, were destroyed, and a new heaven and a new earth were instituted. The great tribulation that took place in 70 AD was the pivot from the old paradigm of darkness to the new kingdom of God's light. This was the shaking of the heavens and the passing away of the earth. Now, Jesus states this in the parable of the fig tree that he told his disciples in Matthew chapter 24, verses 32 through 35. He says, learn this lesson from the fig tree. Now, many people misinterpret this, and they say this fig tree is a representation of Israel. This isn't what Christ is saying here. Learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its branches become tender and it sprouts leaves, you will know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things, recognize that he is near. When you see all what things? When you see Israel being reinstituted as a nation? No. When you see all the things that he talked about just previously here in 
Matthew 24, when he's talking about the wars, the rumors of wars, the, the diseases, the pestilence, the army surrounding Jerusalem, when you see these things, then you know that summer is near. And when you and recognize that he is near at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation, which generation? This generation, the generation we're living in, or the generation that he's talking to? The generation that he's speaking to. That generation that he's told all of this is going to happen, that's the generation that will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. There's no tribulation coming in the future. We're not waiting for a tribulation. The tribulation, the great tribulation, the shaking of the heavens and the earth, the passing away of the old heaven and the old earth took place then. That was the pivot. Jesus says in verse 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. I mean, that it's just amazing what Christ says. In Mark 13, which is the same Olivet Discourse that we read about discussing the same things. It says exactly the same thing about the fig tree that we just read in Matthew, what we see here uh, on your screen. But in Luke chapter 21, which again is the same discourse, in that about the fig tree, Jesus says, in the same way when you see all these things, recognize that the kingdom of God is near. In Mark and Matthew, it says he is near instead of the kingdom of God. What does this show us? That he, Jesus, is the kingdom of God. This is why the Jews missed their Messiah and why so many of people today also miss who he is. The kingdom is the king, Jesus. And the king, Jesus, is the kingdom. I mean, it's mind-blowing, right? When you go through those verses of scriptures and it states plainly exactly what's happening, it, it's just mind-blowing. The old heavens and earth, the Jewish religion, their rituals, their sacrifices, their leadership, even their land, would be shaken and pass away with the Mosaic Covenant. And the new heaven and the new earth would be instituted, the new covenant. Paul says this, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11, he says, Who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, became one of us. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Verse 9, for this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Before the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, no one knew who he was. He was no one. He had no influence in the world. Now listen to what Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. And when you were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, 
He made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of debt, which with its obligations that was against us and opposed us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities, and he disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them. No one knew who he was before he died. No one knew who he was before he was resurrected. But the world knew who he was after that. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 51, 6, Look up to the heavens and look at the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish like smoke and the earth will wear out like a garment and its inhabitants will die like gnats. But my salvation will last forever and my righteousness will never be shattered. Mind-blowing. God's salvation. God's salvation is Jesus Christ. It will last forever. Heaven and earth will pass away. The old heavens and the old earth passed away, and we received a new heaven and a new earth through Christ and through the kingdom of Christ. Paul acknowledges this pivot in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. He says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set you free from the law of sin and death. No guilt, no condemnation, no judgment. Before the death and resurrection of Christ, in the old earth and the old heaven, there was plenty of guilt, plenty of condemnation, plenty of judgment. But now, with the new heaven and the new earth and the new covenant, there is no condemnation, no guilt, no judgment, because God remembers our sin no more, all for all who believe in the Messiah. Mind-blowing. That generation that Jesus was speaking to would not pass away before the old heaven and the old earth would be removed and the new heaven would be revealed. Listen to the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 24 through 29. Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which says better things than the blood of Abel. If you remember, Cain slew Abel, and it says in Genesis, God asked Cain, what, where's your brother Abel? And Cain said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And God said, the blood of your brother cries out to me from the ground. Abel's blood accused his brother. But the blood of Christ doesn't accuse us. The blood of Christ forgives us. Verse 25 says, see to it that you do not reject the one who speaks. For if they did not escape when they rejected him who warned them on earth, even less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven, where Christ is seated now in the kingdom of God at the right hand of God, he warns us from heaven. His voice shook the earth at that time. When Christ walked the earth, he shook the earth, right? He shook the kingdoms of the earth at that time. But now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. And that shaking comes 
when he is removing the old heavens and the old earth and putting us under the new covenant. This expression, yet once more, indicates the removal of what can be shaken. The old things are what's shaken. That is, those created things, so that what is not shaken might remain. What can't be shaken? Heaven can't be shaken. The new covenant can't be shaken. Jesus Christ can't be shaken. Those things will remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, the kingdom of, of Christ, the kingdom of God that Jesus brought with him, that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. We may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe. We serve him in his kingdom. For we are, for our God is a consuming fire. And that consuming fire fell upon Jerusalem in 70 AD. Yeshua HaMessiah, Jesus the Messiah, or Yeshua means salvation, HaMashiach means the anointed one. Jesus was the anointed salvation of God that he brought to earth. When Jesus died, something happened that made the world a different place. I don't know anyone that, that can argue with that. The death of Christ, look throughout the world, look at everything in the world, what we just talked about, New Year's Day. People celebrate that for 2,024 years. The, the birth of Christ, the initiation of the kingdom, the death of Christ, from that point, the world became a different place. And the first indication of the world changing was three days after his death, he rose from the dead. Death was defeated. Before, before the death and the resurrection of Christ, death ruled the world. No one beat death. But gee, three days after his death, he was the world changed. The heavens were shaken. The earth passed away. The old earth, the old heavens passed away. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead, dead death was defeated. With the death of Jesus, God exhibited his love for mankind, for his son ex exhausting the consequences of sin of humanity upon him. And with his resurrection, God proclaimed the glory of his son as the ruler of the new heaven and earth. The death of Jesus destroyed the old heavens, and his resurrection destroyed the old earth. We now live in a new heaven where Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father with all power and authority in the visible and the invisible creation. We now live in a new earth where the gospel of the kingdom is overtaking the entire world. Something we'll talk about more in the future. And in the future episodes, we're going to look at what it means for us as believers that the kingdom of God is already happening but it's not yet fulfilled. We're also going to see God's original plan for humanity and how believers in, in Jesus Christ carry out that plan in the world. As we close, remember how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is ruling in heaven right now. 
His kingdom has come. Therefore, he's also ruling on earth right now. Right now, all power and all power and authority has been given to Christ in heaven and on earth. All we have to do is access that authority and that power with Christ, his love for us, his graciousness for us, his compassion for us through faith. God's will be done on earth. So until our next episode, I just pray that you think upon these things and seek God's kingdom and God's will in your life and in our world. Thank you and God bless.